Hello. Oh, hi, Merlin. How are you doing today? <laughs> oh, 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 I'm fine, Dan. How are you? Rabbit, um, rabbit. Fine. Rabbit, rabbit. It, that always seems to happen to us. We get the first day of the month and hmm. on a Tuesday, the auspicious day, as you say. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, as we like to say, it's uh, Lips and Billing Day. I already made that joke, but we had to restart the show. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, I finally finished the season, by the way. What? Of uh, what we do in the shadows. Let's see. How did that end? Because he said, hello, which is what Colin Robinson says all the time. Oh, that through. is. I, I have certain words, sometimes phrases, but often words. And uh, yeah, they, 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 they might sound the same, but they mean different things. It's very subtle. It's a tonal language that I have. What, um, what we would in the medical profession would call a subdermal language. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Because it gets under everybody's skin. Yeah, and you know, I like to keep my hematomas private. Oh, hematomas came up recently on a TV show. Oh, a very funny episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, involved hematomas. Um, but um, but yes, yes, it is. It's rabbit, rabbit. It's the, would you call it the prognosticating day? What's it called? The auspicious day. Auspicious is a Tuesday. Really, you know a Tuesday, yeah. because normally you say that a Tuesday is an optimistic day, which I agree with. Yeah. But if it is the first of the month and we say rabbit, rabbit, it is then an auspicious day in my book. Whoa, you kind of took it and run with it, uh, didn't you? I like that. It's important. Let's talk about something important. You know what else is a good word is uh, August. Oh, that's where you like someone spookies there and you're like, August, it's Halloween. Right, right. I yeah. want to see August. Um, I got a lot to cover today, but we have a, a couple things to get out of the way. Um, Halloween costumes. What your, would your kids dress as? Uh, my daughter went as Hermione. Um, oh, my kid was Hermione on two different, at least two different years. That's a great. Oh, my son went as a fourteen-year-old angsty teenager. So, mm. <laughs> was that ironic? Double ironic, or not just, ironic? He had no costume. And oh, just I did walked that one around. year. I pulled out one time. I think it was yeah, it was in the early two thousands, probably. Boy, I really phoned this one in. I, I pulled out my old uh, GNR uh, T-shirt. And wore it with jeans that I wear every day. And then I, I wore lots of like horrific, crappy, like, you know, Eckerd drugs makeup on my face. And I, and I went as everybody I went to high school with. Nice. I like it's that. It's not good. No. I really found it in. My kid, uh, a recent tradition is that my kid will have two, two costumes. And so uh, the kid was part of a group costume of, of Lego people. Yeah. And uh, my kid went as Benny, the astronaut. And then one that's a little more subtle, uh, but I loved was, oh God, what's his name? What's the name of um, Sam Neill's character in uh, Jurassic Park? Doctor oh, Alan, um, Dr. Allen, Dr. Uh, Allen. I'm, I'm, see, now this is going to be this last time and I didn't know then too. Well, because I keep wanting to call him Sam Harris, who does that terrible podcast, but that's not right. It's Sam Neill, who I don't know if I've ever mentioned that movie, Hunt for the Wilder People, but it's really good. He's in that. Um, this is going to come up again in a minute because I have an overarching theme for today. Dr. Alan Grant. Dr. Alan Grant. Grant. Yes. Let's see. Last year was Shinji Akari, whatever that is. The year before that was Billy Butcher. Taco from TV. My kid has pretty good taste for a kid. Yeah. Is your son, this is none of my goddamn business, but is your son angsty in general? Is it just the nature of the beast? As well, April Wine says. The thing is this, he stays up very, very, very late at night. Now. Oh, is he playing the video games? He plays those until I, you know, I basically make him stop. 
And then I don't know what he's doing. He's you know watching YouTube. He just hangs out. He's just hanging out. Do you think he's been red pilled, Dan? <laughs> no. Would you? How would you? Well, I'm sorry. Let me put that would, differently. Because I have personal experience with it, and I know he hasn't. What but, you've you've tried red pilling him already? No, I have not tried. But I've I've known people who have been red pilled. Oh, he's had people in his life. Maybe maybe yes. like a beloved uh, youth minister. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And yeah. um and so no, he has not been, but he is he is up very late, usually almost as late as me, sometimes even a little later. It's hard when I found it so difficult. I've said this so many times, Dan, but that particular age, my I think I know I well, I know for a fact my kid just turned fifteen, so that means your kid just turned fifteen, right? Almost. He's got a he's got a little while to go, but yeah, oh, he's right there. Happy birthday, Cash. He's sad bastard. He's a little boy. Um, oh, still a baby. Come on. They're oh, all babies. God, still. I know. Look well, at their the, faces. This photo I took of my kid. Well, first, I, I got to say, my kid is now is 15 and is taller than my uh, lady friend. But I took this photo of the kid in Lego uh, garb last night. And there's something about the angle of it. It looks a little bit Peter Jackson. Mm. And so I'm clicking. I'm going to my private text channel with you. Mm -hmm. So look, look, the kid looks little. The kid's like five, six or, or more. Mm -hmm. But look, look how little the kid looks there. Okay, I'm waiting for it to come through. There it yeah. is. <laughs> look at that. Let's got the crack in the this helmet. And great. Was, that, yeah. was this Halloween this year? Yeah, it was yesterday. So this is yesterday. Uh, this, so is, this is Benny. Spaceship. Yes. Um, no, my my son is uh, damn near five ten. Oh man! And he is showing no signs of slowing down in the height department. I find that so concerning. Well, I don't know a lot. He better about, get to be six foot, or he's no son of mine. I know a little about your height, so to speak, and I know a little. <laughs> I don't know much about his mother's height, but that sounds anomalous. She is. Is she no, a giantess? It, it's not. No, she is about five eight, but oh. her dad is six five. And her six five isn't she from um South Korean stock? Yes, her mom is. She South has a six foot five South Korean father. That's no, so baller. No, no, hang on. Her her mom is about four foot eleven Korean. <laughs> oh god! Okay. And her dad is six five American. He I was, see. He was a uh, he was a GI GI GI. Oh, gastrointestinal man. Yes. So um, very yeah. bad DC uh, villain. So um, they they together created. So her brother is just under six feet. Okay, and uh, and my granddad was I think the metallurgist. Was, uh, yes, uh -huh. tungsten. He was tungsten. about five eleven, which for those times was considered tall. <sighs> yes, in the nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Well, I mean, if you made it past infancy, you were considered basically <laughs> tall, very tall. Yep, they put you put you where gonna feel. So the yeah. genes are there for him to okay. I think he's better. Hit. I tell him every day, I'm like, are you six feet yet? And he's like, no, I'm like, then you don't get dinner again. Oh, I see. You you earn dinner by height. By a height. Mm-hmm. But you, he's uh, big enough now. But the thing I, is- How do you judge yourself against other golfers? I have to say, he's a, he's, he's a, he's not, he doesn't use his height and his size. And by the way, he's not, I don't want people walking around thinking he's lanky. He's not. He's got a you know wide shoulders. He's he could play he's, Samoan. He's he could puckish, be Samoan. He's solid. Oh man, he could play some serious football. Okay, serious football. Yeah, under the football, the serious. He'd be football. like a like a you know like yep. a left tackle or something, a, a back or a side or something. Yeah, something. 
Um, well, yeah, you know, we don't get too many more of these. Let's see, our Hermione was 2014, age 7, and 2015, age 8. Now, you're probably asking yourself, what? I'll send you her, Hermione. What? Oh, yeah, of course, I'd love to. But you're going to be asking yourself, now, how do do I know that? And that's what leads to my topic for today. What is that? How how even do I know? Yeah. Um, let's see, I'll go find some Halloween, some Hermione. Sending you a picture of, of my front door my house and i'm I won't you share it i promise I oh here's bando in a costume what you put him in a costume? did he know no i was gonna say he probably didn't even know lizards, he was in lizards a don't really have halloween unlike a, a cat sense. who's instantaneously resentful of anything touching them oh i mean i don't think he he likes it but he's a lizard he's really stupid <laughs> i mean he's like how do you stupid. know he's stupid how can you test oh, God, a lizard's a, intelligence? A, you know what? That's a really good point. I feel like their intelligence is so different from ours, it's impossible to quantify it by our measurements. Oh, we went to the aquarium on Saturday. I saw some jellyfish, some freaky looking jellyfish. What kind? Like the glowing kind? Oh, lots of them. Oh, man. We have a really good aquarium um, in, in Monterey Bay. Um, highly recommended. That in the shed. That's two you want to get to. Um, real nice. Yeah, that's, that's, some, that's some jellyfish. Um, oh, and, oh, I just remembered something I got to tell you. I'm doing it, Mario. Okay. You would love it. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Just don't no, let not me at forget. All. Please continue. Don't, 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 don't let me forget. What? So I, what? Go. Go. No, go. I'm gonna, you, you talk. I'm going to find Hermione. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Back to Work with Dan Benjamin. Hello. So uh, here in Austin, we have a little thing called the Austin Film Society. And they do lots how, how of, little? It is average. Okay. They have... All kinds of really cool foreign films. They'll have classic movies. And they built a theater back in, I think, maybe I'll say 2017. Just for this, they were using some other place to do showings. And now it's a dedicated theater, which is very nice. They have all the old school. You remember, like, you remember, obviously, we've talked about Junior Mints, but like, they also have like dots. Because they can be very refreshing. And raisinettes and uh-huh. other things. They have those really good popcorn. And, uh, and you can go in there and just enjoy a movie. Well, what they're doing. Uh, this week, it's Wednesday for all my Austin friends. On Wednesday, they're having Nosferatu, but not the, only are they the, showing... The Murnau film? Yes. Wow. But it has a Did live... you get a good print of that? That's a scary-ass movie. A live band <gasps> Oh my God, that's music, so nice. A modern interpretation they of They used to do something music. like that here, where they'd have a hipster band do the soundtrack yes. for, a, for a film. Yellow Tango did it one year. Oh, that's cool. so cool. It's so cool. I can't wait The to one time it. I met Yellow Tango, uh, Brady's Bits was outside an elevator in Austin. Oh my God, she's, look at them here. Look at this picture. I know, right? Oh my God, it's adorable. So cute. The only so way cute. I got to click on yours. Let's see, you sent me your door. Something's on fire. Oh, whoa, is that your, your home? This is the front of my house. That's where you live? Yeah, where your right children there. play with their toys? Yeah, right inside that. Dang, that's spooky. These are not... Whoa, did you make these pumpkins? Yeah, well, yeah, two whoa. of them. Whoa, did you, did you guys carve these? Yeah. Oh, man. Ooh. I'm wow. St- dude, this is my only holiday, Halloween. Oh, oh yeah, right. It's my right. only one. Oh, okay. So, of course, I'm good at the pumpkins. I what? rip through a pumpkin, man. Hand oh, me a pumpkin. Oh, my God. Your daughter is so cute. <laughs> she, oh, she look at her. Right. She's so pretty. Mm-hmm. I love her glasses. Yeah, she, those are wow. new. Those are new. How's she adjusting? No problem. Yeah, I need to get new glasses. Oh, I Did can't they make, make the, them strong enough for you? 
I don't think so. No. I mean, I was I have to. I re- repotted some plants the other day, and I want to give them some plant food. I can't read the I can't read the back of the plant food no. thing. Give up, just give up. You know, I what I have I have many tips. It's you know one of my tips is that um, something my friend Alex and I share, and I really do recommend this. Um, I'm gonna add one, have one addendum in a second. Whenever you get a dingus, a device, a, a dubus, uh, uh, what does Aunt, what does Aunt May call it? A, a grebus? Do, do hikma. When you get a when you get uh, a thing. Um, always, uh, go Google for the new thing you got. You can get it even before it arrives. You go and you Google for a PDF manual of it and then put that on your iCloud or similar. It's the best. I can't tell you how often I was trying to do something with my dehumidifier. I have a new dehumidifier I was trying to deal with and it was very handy to have the manual. Now here's my addendum, Dan. So I do that. I got a lot of manuals. Let me go look. I have, I have a full, I I called it manuals and I have uh, 145 manuals in there. And, um, but the truth is now, I mean, the addendum is that, like, now I need to download stuff because I, I can't read those. First of all, you buy anything, even from a good company, like an anchor, and they give you what they give you a quick start guide that's the, that's the size of a fortune cookie, and then some legal blah blah in 35 languages that's like an eighth of an inch thick. <laughs> right. And then you're supposed to scan something with your phone to go get a look online. No. I don't scan QR codes. Don't do it. Don't scan QR codes. Everyone stop doing that. It's bad OPSEC. And also, um, also then, but it is really handy to be able to look at that kind of stuff. But I, I can't feed my plants just reading the back of this thing. I don't know what I'm doing with these glasses. I really need new ones, Dan. I noticed, you know where I noticed it? I'll tell you, my friend, I noticed it at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Right at the In that aquarium, very room right where I you sent were. you. That room I sent you, you can see those, I don't know, those are jellyfish, not man of war. They're like those creepy jellyfish in the Apple TV screensaver. Yeah, that's, maybe that's where they are got they beautiful? it from. You ever thought about that? Maybe they just no, I hadn't. that. I hadn't. Sometimes I stick my thumb on the thing to see where something is, because they're getting prettier all the time. But, uh, boy, I couldn't see what was going on. I almost tripped over several babies. Um, it's very dark in there. It's not your fault. No, it's not. I mean, I, I, I am, I'm what is in the community referred to as prior art. I was here before your baby. Prior restraint. Well, just enjoy my coffee. Okay. So um, I turned, I had a birthday oh. last week, Merlin. Oh, congratulations. I have a birthday, <laughs> Thank Dan. You. Thank you. Oh, you had actually, if memory serves, you had a big birthday. The big one. Yeah. The f- 50. Well, it's one of the big ones. And n- no sooner than I have this, than I go into the dentist and they're like, yeah, you need, you need a crown. <laughs> so a bi- bi- it's bi- official. <laughs> It's the okay. beginning of the end. Oh, you think so? Oh, and so <laughs> yeah. they're, they're not referring to the wonderful Netflix series. No, nor, nor just something I could wear out of there proudly on top of my head, mm. but like the tooth So thing. it says your dentist consort. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, a crown is when they put a little hat on your tooth. They Sorry. Just, they, yeah, they give you a miniature little, you can pick gold. It's you none of my goddamn business, Dan. This is a, you feel free to, a tipa, you don't have to say anything, but like, is it, was it cracked or something? Like, what's wrong with the tooth you got? Oh, so here's the thing. Are you sure it's not a jam-up? Because believe me, jam-ups start at the dentist. You can write that down. Well, well maybe was the last time you went to a dentist and they said, you're good? <laughs> <laughs> so oh. when I, I, oh. I was experiencing like a, you know, cold sensitivity that oh. was next level, like you drink oh, something no. or you yeah, bite yeah, down yeah. on it wrong and you're like, Whoa. And you really notice, it's Whoa. one thing to notice that with ice, and it's another thing to notice it with stuff that's not that cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's and really it, embarrassing. It's, it's, like, it's shocking. It's shocking how, how and surprising the level of pain, but it's, all, it's also well, very, it very short It straight to a nerve. It's straight to the nerve, but it lasts, it only lasts like a split second. So you're like, oh, that's all right. I'll deal with it. 
So I was in there and I told them about it and they like doing x-rays on it. And they're like, well, what they think happened is that maybe there's a crack in it that they can't see that's under a filling that's behind You get those, I, I learned you get those from chewing ice. Everybody in my family chews ice because we're all sexually frustrated. <laughs> is that why? Well, and you dream I about mean, spiders? That and family. Yeah. You know, my grandfather chewed ice, I chew, chew ice. You know, your grandfather was a metallurgist. I Mine turned off tungsten. people's electric. Right. Tungsten. 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 Yeah, the official medal of uh, of douchebag crypto bros. <laughs> Is it? Um, yeah, you, you don't know about tungsten? Tungsten. Um, oh, damn. Well, how soon does that have to happen, Dan? Are you going to be able to do the show? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been dealing with it for like two or three years, so I don't yeah. care. I'll just do it when I want to do it. They're going to print that on my Nobody tombstone. tells me what I need except me. We only wake you for the important meetings. I'm having a big <laughs> run on Seinfeld right now, and I'm here to tell you, the eighth and ninth season of Seinfeld are, are definitely weird and different, but now with the fullness of... And I, I'm never going to have anything nice to say, I suspect, about the final episode. But I'm here to tell you, buddy... That last season is very well written. It's mm. a little weird in the way Wasn't they produce a, and direct it. Was it around the time that they had the writer's strike, or is that... Mm, I think, no. Well, no. they might have had a writer's strike. It wasn't the big one of the 2010s. I guess I'm confused. 98, but like, um, <laughs> yeah, that last one. Needing a crown, a little confused about when something happened. It's Dan, <laughs> I can't even believe you're here at this, at this point. <laughs> I feel like you're barely hanging on, and yeah. I, I respect that. Thank you. Uh, you know, of course, it's got stuff like... You know, the Frogger episode. It's got stuff like the Puerto Rican Day, you know, ones that are not going to at least loom large in, in my memory. But some of the other ones are very good. You get a lot of very high quality stuff with Mr. Kruger. You get George refusing to leave. Uh, the, there's the one where George refuses to leave the job at Play Now. And, and then Kramer gets the intern and they, oh. and they drop the oil bubble. Hello! <laughs> Which is different from, hello! That's the navel talking. Hello! Yeah. La la la. That's that's the but we're back to hello. That's a hello. Mm-hmm. Right? Do mm-hmm. you want to do the voice? There's that one. Mm-hmm. And then uh then you got the Mrs. Deathfire. Hello. Sort of, yeah. Um we got a lot to cover this week. Did you stick with what we do in the shadows? Uh, I think I did. I'm trying to remember. I'm gonna say that here's what I want to say. I have some I'll say something positive about this, which is that there were at least two or three episodes this season that I thought were stellar. One that really stood out. It's a gimmick episode, but they did it so well. The, the, what was it called? Not flip this house. What do they call? It? What was the name of the show? <laughs> yes, um, uh, the with the house droppers, fake or, house flippers, and, with the Sklar brothers. Yes, oh my so god! Good. But there were a few. I think. I think for my taste in what I what I. I'm not trying to turn anybody off. Yuck on a yum. But what the things that I love about that show. Uh, I feel like it almost like it was like there were new writers or something. Like they seemed to, they had that the incredible cliffhanger last season, you know, that involves putting people in a box. Mm-hmm. Plus a certain very, very scary little boy coming out of a man. Mm-hmm. He's so wet. Uh, but um, but I, I felt like it had a little trouble finding its footing. Like when they came back from that, they're like, whoop. Let's just act like none of that happened, and yeah. we'll just hit reset, and everybody's I, yeah, back I think, together. I think like they, I want a Guillermo to get some kind of big like ta-da thing, and instead Guillermo just kind of ambles into the scene, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hmm. I yeah, I, I think they for. they didn't like. Here's my feeling, gut feeling about that is they didn't like how they had sort of left things. I think they were thinking they were going to go in a different direction than they wound up actually going in. So they just sort of like as close as they could have retconned it. They just retconned it like, well, we're back. It's a year and here we are. Yeah. Back in the house. Which is, you know, it's TV. It's not HBO. I mean, it's, it's good. 
no, I like that program a lot. Um, and um, boy, it is funny once you've seen. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but the 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 wonderful man who plays Colin Robinson. Um, boy, he he. Okay, this is going on the list of things that need a name. I think Mark, actually, I don't know how to say his Mark last name. Prosch, Prosch, Prosch? P-R-O-K-S-C-H. Have you ever seen his yo-yo interview? No. Okay. I, I don't want to spoil it for you, but but he he's he he did a goof him up a few years back, a little bit of a prank, and he pranked. Well, pranked is a strong word, but he appeared on like some local news shows as a yo-yo champion, and it's pretty. <laughs> is, is he actually a yo-yo champion? I mean, I think he can do yo-yo. But then what else is he in? You know what he's in is Better Call Saul. Okay, you're the second person to tell me that, but I don't I don't remember. I totally missed him the first time around on that particular run of Better Call Saul. Do you remember the guy? There's the guy that um let's see. So it's kind of like there's this is kind of like when we're first heavily introduced to Nacho. And there's the thing where where Mike goes out with the guy who's got a source for drugs. And that guy ends up buying a fancy car and it makes Mike mad. It's in like in the first season. That's totally Colin Robinson. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. He's wonderful. I I love that guy. Um, He's terrific. Boy, what a great show. Okay, Dan, I got a lot to cover today. I have, um, here's my suggestion. I have, I have one, um, a thing I want to share with people that is really cool. And it gives me a chance to do an extremely, uh, a nano rant, as you say. Mm. I want to hear about something you like. And then I want to talk about spreadsheets today. Okay, I'm all in on the spreadsheet. Are you okay with that? You don't yeah. have to do anything. You no, can just sit there and nurse that tooth of yours. No, I <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll have a couple answers. I hope so too. Um every week on this program, I almost get to the point where I get to talk about some of Apple's problems with documentation, ways around that problem with documentation, and just basically the idea of why I'm frustrated. It's something I've had sitting in the in the chamber for three weeks now that I've found a way to bring up on other programs is my frustration with the lack of formal consumer facing, easy to locate, download and search documentation for some kinds of things. And we've talked about this a little bit. There's obscure things like, why do I have to go to a home assistant site? And I don't mean to slag the person who did this. God bless this person's incredible work. But like, why do I have to go to a site about home assistant to find some poor bastard who finally sat down and figured every named color you can ask Siri to do for your room? Like, admittedly, now I'm starting with an obscure one because not everybody needs that, but how hard would it be? Don't you think that's probably written down somewhere? Yeah. That if you want cornflower blue, here's how to say cornflower blue. Hmm. But that's just part of this bigger problem of like, why do I have to go to shovel blogs and fora to find everything you can do with Siri or everything you can do with spotlight? There's all these things. And like, you'll find these like pages that you land on that are like, not even one one like community college remedial documentation of things, which is like, did you know you can search for things by date and spotlight? And it's like, why don't you just give me a list of everything that I could put into spotlight? Cause you, they certainly know. They have an API. They know what all this stuff does. Why is it not exposed to people, right? And I, I find that I find that frustrating. I said to a friend of the show, uh, Matthew, Matthew Casanelli, yesterday. I feel like in some ways my gold standard currently, my personal own gold standard for this, is something we link to once a year on here, which I will put in notes, notes, notes. Which is a wonderful Apple page that shows you all of the standard key commands 
for for things like navigation, for things like moving around in the Finder. But it's like, but it also includes all the wonderful text, you know, moving shortcuts that people hopefully eventually learn. And it's the most boring page in the world. It's really long, and it's all on one page. And you can find out like what what Command Shift Right Arrow does. You know what? I don't you know, don't what know that this. Does. Listener, top of my head, I couldn't tell you what that does. Stick your cursor in a field. Hmm. And now type command shift right arrow. Yeah, do it. You are you doing this? You're not doing this, are you? No. Okay. Um, you said I didn't have to do anything. Oh, that's true. I did say that. Um, that's that, I'll put you, that in notes. You think I'm not listening? I'm listening to everything. I know you're not listening. The um, but that's the kind of boring old school stuff that I'm looking for. I'm you know I'm reminded of when I very first got on the internet in 1993, and I went out and I, I feel like I'll always remember. I went to Books a Million and bought two books in the internet section. Cause there was a section I think called, it might've been called computers, mm. but it was, I mean, <laughs> at that point base, I think I bought an O'Reilly book, my mm. probably my first O'Reilly book about something, something, something internet. And I bought like a big thick book, like one of the shovelware books where like a quarter of the book is just single spaced, like names of Usenet groups. Remember those kinds of books where there would be all yes. like, they'd just be shoveling facts at you? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's That was silly and a way to make your book big when it, like a Q book, I want to say. I used to love the Q books. Um, but what I'm trying to say here is, and, and I, I, I don't think this is a problem that most people run into. And so I think not knowing all of the things that Apple things can do is not a problem most people run into but that is in many ways, or at least in a couple of ways, a self-fulfilling prophecy. People don't even, I think, know what, what kinds of things they could do to even know they could do. People don't, a lot of times, don't even have a context beyond like, with Siri, I mean, how much do, do like normal everyday civilians do with Siri beyond like timers and things like that? Nothing. But, what you know, song is this, maybe? But I think it would be so, and this the rant's almost over, and then comes the tip that leads to rants like this. Okay. Um, I think it's, I think that's frustrating, and I don't. I, I'm again. There's a reason I'm not in the corner office. I, <laughs> I I'm very surprised that there. I don't need to know every conceivable, like part of speech that Siri can handle via voice, right? But like, if you take, if you just take this basic idea of like, did you know you can foo the bar? with the bat like did you know that you can do this thing to that thing by saying this right so you like what are my classics the, the one that i use more than almost anything i used it just this morning hey dingus um remind me about iced tea in four minutes right mm -hmm. I, I bet most people know they can do that and some people probably do that i think probably a lot of times what people will say is uh set a three minute iced tea timer or similar and then you know that works with all the different voice things that's that's pretty cool but there's there's ones I think I, I I feel an audible eye roll when my family says, "Man, there's a thing we need," and I say, "Hey, Dingus, remind me to order milk when I arrive at the house in two hours." And I'm I'm going to beat this to death because I wonder how many people know that, know they know that, but then use it. And why would you say that? Why would you say, "Remind me to buy milk when I arrive at the house in two hours"? 
Well, you don't even know to realize why you would say that because Apple's done such a crappy job of helping you understand how powerful this can be to make you kind of crave more and more stuff that you can do with it. There's no context for like exciting you in the way like a good teacher gets you excited about a topic by showing you perhaps something practical, perhaps something dramatic, perhaps something ironic, but something that makes an emotional impact by showing you that you have a stake in learning how to use this, or in this case, that use this, use the country. But so what does that mean when you say that? Well, why would you say it that way? Well, remind me to buy milk when I uh, arrive at the house in two hours. And boy, you should see the looks on my family's face when I explain mm. what that means. Mm-hmm. What that means is, what that mean? What, that, what mean? that means? what that means is, if I arrive at the house at any time, I'm going to get a reminder to buy milk. But if two hours pass before I arrive at the house, I also get that reminder. It's, if you like, it's, it's kind of like belt and suspenders. Uh, well, great. Thanks, genius. Well, I can't do anything about this now, but in a sort of GTD contextual way, uh, there may be certain kinds of things like, like check the mail or mow the lawn mm-hmm. that are dependent on being in a certain place. But guess what? It also works the other way. Hey, Siri, remind me, remind me um, to grab my iPad when I leave the office in two hours. Wait. I tried to be so good. Remind me to grab my iPad when I uh, leave the office in two hours. Well, that's crazy. Well, hey, what if you're Merlin and you forget stuff all the time? All the and, time, right? Well, the two hours thing is handy because you know if I if I end up leaving in more than two hours, I'll get it at two hours. But then you know what's neat is after I've if it's something really important like a form or something. The neat part is, once I start wheeling away from here, I'm going to get a reminder because I just left the office, and it's going to remind me contextually. Did, hey, this is the equivalent of, did you remember to bring that thing? Mm-hmm. And a la say, OmniFocus, this works for lots of stuff. Remind me about this when I arrive at that. This is, Dan, this is literally one thing, it's one thing. you can do with Siri and your voice that is so freaking powerful. And uh, so, so here's the one. I finally, I tracked this down. I have not tried to find this specifically documented on the Apple site because I have a feeling it's not going to be there and it'll make me sad. Did you know if you have people in your household, like, you know, you know what I mean by that, like the household Apple stuff, like mm-hmm. it's aware of yes. one, two, three, four, five, eleven 11 people living in this house. Did you know you can turn off the alarm on somebody's iPhone, somebody else's iPhone with your voice? Yeah, you just say, you know, hey, dingus, stop, stop the alarm. And it does. Uh, well, close. It sounds like you haven't done this. I have. I do it all the time. You have to specifically say the name of the person. You do? Well, if it's somebody else's phone? Oh, if it's someone else's? Somebody else? Well, I try like with, if, my, with my son's phone, because he always has alarms going yeah, on. Yeah, so. no, I know. My, I'm, I'm very, first of all, let me just say, I'm super grateful that my kid does that at all. I'll never acknowledge it, because, of course, that'll make it dorky. But I'm like, I'm so proud of my kid for doing things like reminders and alarms, because... Maybe because that's helped me so much with my own demon dogs. Mm, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, let me get the actual uh, incantation for you. But but if it's the, your own, you can just tell it to stop it, right? Yeah, but like, what if I'm what if I'm somewhere and then there's a phone in the next room where the alarm keeps going off? Well, my assumption would be there's no way for me to turn that off. Well, well, let's look at it this way: if that were a stranger's phone. Like, you'd feel so weird about going and trying to manipulate their phone to turn off the alarm. You could probably do that right on the lock screen. But 
But you can yell out, and this is in notes for this episode, hey, Dingus, turn off the alarm on Dan's iPhone. And it can do that. And even, uh, well, I I did that poorly. Turn off the alarm on Cash's iPhone, Mm -hmm. and it'll turn that off. Like, okay, if you knew that, you, the listener, if you knew that and you're using that, you're way ahead of me. To me, this represents exactly the kind of thing that I think it's, this is not solved by an app called Tips. This is not solved by a wizard. This is not, there's got to be something that reminds people how powerful this is, but then to fully document, hey, you like that? You know, there's all these other kinds of things you can do. And I went back and forth with Mr. Greg Tortoise about this yesterday. I've got home pods, you know, in the, in the family room, like where our Apple TV is. Did you know, if you've got it configured right, I can't help you with this, please don't ask. But did you know that you can yell out, hey, dingus, subtitles on, without talking into the room? Yeah, you can also say, hey, dingus, turn it up, turn it down. You can do the classic that I think most people have forgotten since it was very first announced. Hey, dingus, what did she just say? Now, I'm a subtitles on guy because mm, it just helps me a lot in most cases. But if, you, if you're if you not, for example, and, and you're watching some mumbly TV show, watching some Noah, what's the guy's name? Some kind of mumblecore movie. You can yell out, what did she just say? And it'll rewind a few seconds and turn on subtitles. You can do that. You can obviously, yeah, you can do that by speaking into the remote, holding down the side button and speaking into your remote. But if you've got HomePods in the room, you can also just yell that out. And you can also yell stuff like, hey, dingus, turn off TV. You know, um, I, I'm worried that my strident and emotional response to this will overshadow the actual usefulness of this. Mm. But why aren't we telling people this more? Why aren't we sharing that more? Right. Like, because now I got to tell you, man, like they put all of this effort into Siri and in, in its various incarnations. I want to utilize that. Like John Syracuse said, I, I paid for all these pixels. Like I want to use all of these. I've got all this power under the hood, and I'm stuck sort of cobbling all of that together. I don't mean this as a complaint. What I, what I, well, I do. I do. But the corollary to my complaint is also, hey, folks, hey, Apple, get it together. But also, hey, folks, um, go and dig around. You, there may be more ways than you realize that you can do stuff with stuff. But if you find out about it, it will often be in spite of Apple, not because of them. And that, I think that's super frustrating. Do you have a thought on this, Dan? You know, I I love the direction that Apple and the other folks are trying to go with that level of awareness that you just described when you can just say, hey, Dingus, turn the volume up, turn the volume down. What was that movie that had or TV show that had Sean Penn in it that was about going to the moon or going to Mars or something like that? I don't think I know. Um, Let me look this up because it's it's. The first. It's called The First. Mm-hmm. The First is a television drama portraying a team of astronauts who prepare to become the first humans to visit Mars. And it only got one season. It was on Hulu. And Sean Penn played like one of the five astronauts that was going to be the first people to visit Mars. Mm. And yeah, the show was okay. It wasn't amazing. But what I thought was interesting with these little details where they have Sean Penn, they would show him in his house doing different things. And he still, it, it was in the future, but it wasn't the distant future. It was, you know, 10 to 20 years, I think, from now at the most. And not a lot of stuff had changed from the technology standpoint. 
But when he he still had a computer, he still had a screen. It still mm-hmm. had a keyboard. I think there was a mouse. They looked a little bit futuristic and cool, and the operating system was kind of cool. But the main thing was, as he was watching something on his computer screen, if I'm remembering this right, you know, he'd say, "Pause." Okay, wait, go back five seconds. Very oh, like kind of, vaguely, but that kind of blade, that Blade Runner sort of yeah, feeling? vaguely reminiscent of that. But it was it was just casual, and he's like, "Okay, wait, no, 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 stop there." And he could talk to it like that. Print a hard copy. <laughs> yeah. And he he was not having to say, hey, dingus, every time. It, yeah. it, and, it, and, and then like the phone rang or something and he started talking on the phone and at no point did the computer get confused and think it meant, it meant he was talking to it. That no, little, I understand. Yeah. That little kind of enhancement in the technology of, and we've talked about this before, every time I talk about this, mm-hmm. I just want something that's always listening and knows when it's supposed to be heard or not the way that a human being does. So if if, if you it's pretty because your... it's pretty funny when it mistakes that whether that's because <laughs> of two competing voice systems. <laughs> right. You're like uh, like um, I almost feel like my Google Home Hub stuff is almost too sensitive at hearing because yeah. saying something in just a very normal tone of voice to something a foot and a half away sometimes it'll be way down the hall that hears it. Hmm. But then and then you get into that dueling thing where you're you're talking and it's saying I can't do that. I'm like I know you can't do that. That's why I said the ECHO word. Ah. Right. Uh, but you want you want to not have to have that sort of bracketing. Really it's almost like VI, like you're mm-hmm. hitting escape and I in mm-hmm. some ways like mm-hmm. escape and I. Huh. Um but you um <laughs> Huh. Sounds like with Nolan and I a little bit, but like where you've got to go, like okay, I'm I'm hitting escape to be able to navigate around, and then I'm hitting I to be able to do a thing because of that was control word the right thing? I don't know whatever it's called, but where you would say hey dingus, whatever that version of hey dingus right. is. Well, and you know the watch is supposed to do that, but the value that I get from just holding up my watch and talking and hoping it worked, and I'm going to get to this in a second, is not nearly as valuable as knowing hey you know what dummy, if you really want this to work hold up your wrist and if you if anybody who actually does this all the time i can't promise you but i have a feeling most people who use uh siri on their watch a lot know to hold the crown it's way more reliable and way faster Mm. you just push down the crown and you don't even need to say hey dingus at that point it's gotten better at detecting that the idea is i guess i don't know if you know what i'm talking about because i know you're not an apple watch guy but a thing you're supposed to be able to do the last few years is like hold up your wrist, usually involving some kind of a slightly dramatic gesture. And then you, you, when you see that your watch is on and and like appears to be listening, you should be able to talk to it. And it's somehow secret sauce. It knows that you're about to execute a Siri command, but honestly holding down the crowns faster, but you want it to be where like that, that isn't confusing. And also like, you know, you do have to really kind of think about what it is you're going to say. And this gets to my, this gets to my, what I was going to, my final point on this is that, you know, I, I, I suspect that there's still a reasonable number of people who've given up on Siri at least once and have maybe given up on Siri twice mm-hmm. and perhaps more. Like maybe you're like me and you're broken inside and you have no integrity or self-esteem. And so you keep coming back to him going, you know, will Siri ever love me? Right. But like the, the first time that you try Siri and it didn't work the way you expected, you feel like a dope. Right. It's there, there's when you see people in public you know, talking, talking, you know, having loud conversations and shouting things at their phone. And like, it just looks really caveman, like, and annoying. And they Mm -hmm. look like a jerk. Mm -hmm. And like, I guess my stake in the ground here is 
that in order to operationalize this kind of voice command stuff in your life in a way that is really beneficial, you have to have a pretty high level of confidence that, well, you have to have several levels of confidence. You have to have confidence in knowing that, that perhaps that this is a thing that it can do. Well, even if it's a thing that it can do, you're going to need to do it a few times before you even begin to acclimate yourself to feeling comfortable mm -hmm. about yelling into the air. To cast your mind back to the first time you used an Amazon device like that, you feel like an idiot. And then, but like that loss of confidence has ripple effects. If you're not confident about what the thing can do, if you're not confident in the case of Siri, uh, especially in the early days, if you're not confident that your voice will somehow make it through the stratosphere without regard to internet weather and make it up into the sky and do things, yes, I know it supposedly happens on device, but... It's hard to know. It did, as we used to say, fail silently a lot of the time. There's several levels of confidence. Confidence in what this can do. Confidence in me knowing how to, to cause it to happen. And confidence that it will do the thing when I say it. Right. Now, at a slightly closer to pro level, you start to experiment more. And you'll just try saying things and seeing what happens. But you'll never get to that level if you never had the earlier confidence of trusting in that system. And also of then having some resilience about when it didn't work because of whatever reason. Right. But anyway, I, I just feel like we would be more, I feel like most people, just average bears, would feel, oh. more con would feel better about being vulnerable and trying this stuff if they had some confidence about how it could be good for them, mm. that it wasn't just a parlor trick. I mean, because again, remember in the early days of Amazon, it was all about like, oh, ask it to do something funny. Like, you know, um, I don't know if, do I even have an, uh, an Amazon hooked up here? But sometimes try asking your Amazon device who the mother of dragons is. It used to be pretty funny. I imagine it still is. Or you could say, you could do a very funny Tim and Eric. Peeps and bloops. But uh, anyway, uh, the, the, there's a couple ch channels here. One channel is, I love you guys in the spaceship in Cupertino, but like, can't, can't you find somebody quarter time to just dump all that stuff out of and make some actual documentation people can read? I'm putting the hue color stuff into the notes. Um, basically, I'm just moving some links from a couple of weeks ago. But uh, series really neat, and it should be. It, it deserves to be better documented. Dan, where would people find uh, show notes for episode uh, five nine five of your back to work program? Uh, five ninety five. Yeah, is that right? Is that wait? Did I get that right? Was I off by one? It might sure. be five nine five. No, it's that. Wait, is that it? Five nine five. Five nine five. Dan, where are people find channels for <clears throat> episode five nine five of your back to work program? Back to work limo slash five nine five is the place. I might have done. I think I might have gotten that wrong. Wait, I'm clicking on episodes. I'm clicking. I'll let them go. Honey let them sun bear. Honey sun bear. October October eighteenth, and then this is this is today's. Um, and then I want to talk about spreadsheets, but first I want to hear about something you like. Oh man, I would love to tell you about something called Masterclass. 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 So here's the thing. What I would like for people to do is just to go to masterclass.com. Up at the top, you're going to see a little drop down that says all categories. Just pick one of those randomly, <laughs> even if you don't know, mm. or, or you can look on the left and there's a link to something that says most popular. Mm. And just, that's a really kind of cool way to dive in. So what I did is I hit all categories and I picked science and tech because I'm a nerd and mm -hmm. look who they've got under here. They've got Dr. Jane Goodall talking about conservation. I'll enjoy her. You got Chris Hadfield talking about space exploration. Okay. You got Bill Nye who's talking about science and problem solving. Scroll down. You got John Douglas talking how to think like an FBI profiler. These are just some of the ones that are there. And this is the kind of thing you're probably sitting there thinking, 
do I really need Terrence Dow to teach me about mathematical thinking? Like, I'm not a math guy. I'm not doing yeah. math. I just barely yeah. balance my checkbook. Like, I don't need math. But the thing is, it's <laughs> so fascinating checkbook. to listen to these these true masters in what they do. These people who are absolute experts in their field share not just the details about their field, because to be honest, like, I don't care about the field of mathematics very much. I care about how it affects the world. But me personally, I'm not in that. But listening to him talk about how he works, how he thinks, what he's passionate about. It is such a cool, cool thing. And as, as you've talked about on these, you're talking, uh, you talking about the, the Canadian spaceman. No, the um, Chris, Terrence well, Tao, he's mathematical thinking. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, but like you also get a little bit with that guy or with the math. I mean, math math people can get very worked up. And you get a little bit of their passion about like why they're excited about it. Yeah. Which I think is always kind of nice. So if you just go through and click around, you can watch these little samples of the classes. And the classes are really, really cool, the way that they're taught. Because every sing- there, there's multiple classes in the course. And there's like something like, I don't know, more than 100 classes a total from different instructors, but each one of these is broken up into these very digestible chunks, like these video lessons that are around about 10 minutes long each. So you can really go at your own pace. You can watch one of these things when you feel like it, when you want to do it. So you're not committing to like, Oh, I got to sit here for 90 minutes now. Like that's fine. If you have 90 minutes, most of the time we don't. Most of the time it's like, well, I want to take a little break from work and watch something that's going to inspire me. Or I want to watch a few things in a row, you know, because it's the evening time. Or maybe you're making dinner. Maybe you're on a walk or a jog. Or maybe you just want to chill for a little bit. These things are broken down so that they're very, very digestible. And that to me is what makes this so different. Another thing that makes it different, and this is something you like to point out, is the, the quality, the way these things are filmed, the, mm-hmm. not just the quality of the content, but the way that they're filmed, they are all like mini movies. This is, this is not somebody uh, doing unboxing videos in front of a homemade green screen. N- no. I'm, no. I'm just, I'm comparing it to, I, I, there, is, there is a resource for video that I enjoy very much and get a lot of good stuff from, but, I, yeah. but you're going to get consistently top-notch, well-thought-out, well-planned something more really like a curriculum or a syllabus like this there, this is not just it is very entertaining but also each of these is designed to have sort of an arc where you you know you learn up to the point of like what this person has to share with you and it's very well done and like you say i don't love that phrase digestible chunks it makes me a little uncomfortable but the chunks are totally digestible they really are they're very digestible and they pass easily the way that <laughs> yes they can have that they, well, they can run with it i think so yeah go so the way that this works is you get, uh, you watch these things and people are going to say, what, well, I have to watch this on my phone. You can watch it on your phone. You can. I don't know. I watch it on my big boy TV. You can watch it on Android. Mm-hmm, you can watch mm-hmm. it on your, on your pewter. You can watch it on Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV. You can watch it on Roku. You can watch it. I, can you watch it on your watch? That would be watch cool. Watch on your watch. But each of these who, lessons. Who watches, the, who watches the watch on the watch, man? <laughs> each the of watch. these lessons comes with really if if it's applicable when applicable merlin when applicable terms and conditions downloadable materials so you're yep. going to get lessons you're going to get recipes if you if you're doing one of the ones about cooking ancillary these, auxiliary materials that's right yeah yeah, yeah. it's a valuable property absolutely and and so, valued values website it's just a valued mm-hmm. uh, so if you go here the annual membership it's going to start at 180 bucks a year but we're offering a discount for our listeners. Mm. If you go to masterclass.com 
if you're a back to work listener, they'll check. They'll know if you are. If you just go to the site, they'll know you. Do, if you, yeah, listen we can't. To that, this that's or not. technology we can't really talk about. No, they don't. But want they us do to know. They, go it's detail. the same way that, that God knows when you honk your horn and then He finds your family. It's a, like, it's an um, existential fact. Santa knows if you egged a house or not or whatever. A naughty and nice, precisely. Masterclass.com slash back to work. Mm-hmm. You will get 15% off of Masterclass. I want to be clear that you get access to all of the content that's there. You can watch all of them, any of them, anytime you want, any device you want. Masterclass.com slash back to work. You will get 15% off of Masterclass. That's a pretty good deal. That's a lot of percent. I don't know how they could do that. I don't know how they can do that yeah. and stay it doesn't, in business. It doesn't seem sustainable, but they must know something we don't. That's a good they, deal. I mean, you, you you spend more on that, like, you know, uh, uh, buying sushi for your team at a conference. I mean, we're talking about here, we're talking about one year, one calendar year. Right. Of, of, of video learnings. So for the last time, I will say masterclass.com slash back to work at 15% off. And we certainly appreciate the support, the long running support of Masterclass. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Masterclass. Bok, bok. Um, whoa, have we been going for 50 minutes? Hold on. I'm clicking. I'm mm. looking 48 minutes and 17 seconds. Yeah. I could probably skip this, but I don't want to No, I don't talk about it. this. Don't. Um, some of my favorite things are things that just sort of occur to me on a Tuesday morning. Um, I want to talk about spreadsheets and this is going to be a little bit of a whistle stop tour. I just, I just want to make the case for, listen, in so many ways, I don't want any of you to ever be like me. I mean, I don't want to be like me. I certainly don't want you to be like me. But but one way you might choose to be a little bit like me or like people like me, and people who like me like me, even the ones that were like me, is um, <laughs> I really love spreadsheets. I'm trying to remember what my first spreadsheet was because... I definitely used Microsoft Excel at my jobby job, but even before that, I mean, what's funny was my first my first introduction to this kind of stuff was really more stuff like FileMaker and Helix, Double Helix, and stuff like that, where I like first got introduced really to like not pr- I don't want to say proper databases, yeah, FileMaker Pro, whatever. I thought FileMaker Pro was magic, and I have to say, like like at first, spreadsheets to me like you know, oh yeah, I get there's it. people listening who don't know what FileMaker Pro. Even was what? What was file or what is FileMaker Pro? FileMaker Pro. FileMaker Pro. FileMaker Pro. It evolved to be, I believe, it was called a semi-relational database, mm-hmm. which you know, in, in so many ways. And boy, please email Dan. Spreadsheets and databases are heavily related. I mean, a database is kind of a way of munging around and um, making relationships between rows and columns of data. If is one way to think about it. But even if you're just in doing the rows and columns of a spreadsheet, it's still pretty powerful. Um, but yeah, yeah, FileMaker Pro, like I, I boy, I, I probably some of the least high quality work I've ever done for money just because I was so incompetent. Mm. But I, I use FileMaker uh, Pro for myself as like the first thing after HyperCard that I use to like try and you know sort of make data-ish things on my Mac, my new Mac. But to cut a long story short, um, I just feel like well anyway the last last thing on on the like how I got here thing was like I was familiar with you know the idea of columns and rows because of like you know bookkeeping spreadsheets I'd done some work for my mom at her real estate company I was familiar with the idea of like filling out 
you know, columns and rows of data. And I'd taken business administration, so I knew about, you know, double entry bookkeeping and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. But I guess at first it didn't really take. I was like, oh, great. Why would you want to type this into columns and rows? And I think the first time anybody ever showed me, yeah, yeah but like, did you know that then you can do like equals this cell times that cell, and then you just drag it down and it fills in. And I was like, oh, oh, I could see a lot of uses for this, right? And initially I was mostly using it just to make graphs for courtroom exhibits, but to cut a long story short, it wasn't too long before I discovered the power of spreadsheets. Who said this? It might've been Anil Dash, famous spreadsheet uh, lover, Anil Dash, but I mean, it was Daniel He's Bryan. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's fine. Looking Back the in the day, um, Dan, some Daniel Bryan <laughs> used to nice say, guy. "Yeah, um, Daniel Bryan uh, said something a long time ago that every every geek has some kind of a power tool that, like, they will use sometimes inappropriately because they love it so much and they're so used to using it. And so if you, they're used to, I think there's been like Olympics of you know Excel, what what people can do with Excel, and you know, there are people who use it to make you know graphics and silly stuff, but but." You know, I understand y'all know what a spreadsheet is and you know what it's for, but this dovetails slightly with something we've been talking about on Dubai Friday, which is mind maps. And for me, the realization that I still like the idea of a of an official Tony Buzon drawn, you know, hand drawn mind map, but it's that's not really the problem from which I suffer. I don't suffer from I have a big concept and need to break it down into pieces. I'm not even going to say that I suffer, but the way that my brain works is I have a lot of string that needs to be gathered. I have a lot of, if you like, index cards that need to be collated to figure out what the big thing is or what several big things could be. But I, I really like starting with like the little things and then figuring out what the big thing is. Sort of, if you like, synthesis versus analysis, maybe. Um, but in the same way that like whatever tool you need today to, to, to do the thing that you'd like to do or to think the way you'd like to think, there's a tool out there that can help you with that. And mind maps can be one. I happen to think that the opposite of a mind map, the way I look at it, like making outlines and markdown, geez, I'm looking at it right now. You know, like this is what I do. This is how I think. If I do anything like a mind map, quote unquote, it's generally making bullets and indenting them mm -hmm. with markdown. Mm -hmm. um, and I find that a very invigorating way to, to learn what I think. And I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm not going to try and oversell that. What I'm saying is that I think spreadsheets can have a similar role. And when people, dear friends, laugh at me for the ridiculousness <laughs> of my spreadsheets uh -huh. and like the demon dogs that lead me to, for example, create a spreadsheet with pivot tables about the flashlights that I own, I understand why that seems ridiculous to you. I actually do. I just don't care because I still find it useful. Yeah. So the general case that I want to make today is to, to have another look at spreadsheets, but I also want to make a pitch to you for spreadsheets as something analogous to a hipster PDA or a text document as being a, a blessed vessel for where something goes. Like, you remember blessed system folders? Yeah, so so for people who don't remember that on macOS, <laughs> I'm going to go back to back, some, when, back when you could have five system folders right, on your Mac. Right, it's so you scary would, to think about. You would have uh, so a system folder for those not in the know. This is where essentially the operating system, the bootable operating system, existed. And you could have different folders, and the one that was blessed was the one that would be used at startup time. So you could actually have different it's got, versions. It's got all, your, got all your control panels. It's got all your extensions. Yeah, it's got your TCP IP prefs you need to throw away three times a week. And it's, you could just copy it by just 
dragging and dropping and you make the a conventional coffee wisdom and, for good reason that always was only ever have exactly one and only one system folder on your drive otherwise your mac gets extremely confused but yeah. as dan is saying eventually got to where you, there was a way that you could bless yeah. a certain system folder I, it's such a cool term mm-hmm. and what you're saying is like this this is the system folder yeah and when i say blessed vessel i'm saying that because <laughs> it does sound really cool but also uh, what you know? What are other kinds of blessed? Well, like Nenvi Alton text files is my blessed vessel a lot of the time for ideas for Christmas. That's Apple Notes for like me researching artificial Christmas trees. I'm looking at Balsam Hill because I heard they have a sale in July. But like that might be notes. But like the 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 the, the step zero Uber general Uber pattern is to start realizing which vessels in life you would like to bless as where something goes, right? I'm not the first person to say, I don't think I'm the first person to say like the drafts, right? By Mm -hmm. Magile Tortoise, the Mm -hmm. drafts is where text starts Mm -hmm. because it really is for me, especially on iOS. Well, and and Mac, but like, you know where stuff goes. You know that if you want a Pop-Tart, you'll probably go to the kitchen and and not the shed with the lawnmower in it. Mm -hmm. That's stupid. Why would you say that? Well, like if you had your million dollar idea right now, do you know where it would go? Or maybe even more saliently, Let's look at it this way, and this is the pivot, I guess. If you've got a bunch of old photographs that are especially precious to you, because maybe it's the only copy and you haven't had a chance to, you know, um, scan them yet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, should those just be wherever? Like, we've got a box where we put stuff like photo albums and yearbooks, because although I'm not super wedded to those things, it would be nice to know that we could grab those and get out if we had to go somewhere in a hurry. Yeah right? Um, you need to bless a vessel. And in my case, that's a banker's box where we've got some of the, but you know what I don't want? What I don't want is, is one, two, three, five photos here, a bunch of photos here, photos I can't find, photos in all these places. Photos. Like at some point, don't you want to like have a sense of like where, if that's valuable, where it goes, when you get money, you don't just throw it across the room. You probably put it in your wallet or a piggy bank or deposit it at the ATM there's a blessed vessel for almost everything that you care about in life or should be. I'm going to go so far as to say the bowl that I put my keys and wallet in is a blessed vessel. Mm. That is where that goes, right? And the case that I'm trying to make gently to you is in the same way as a f- like when I was a kid, we used to love making and then looking at photo albums because, you know, it was our photos. It was my, my late dad. It was my grandparents. It was like me when I was little holding a fish. And it was fun to make those. It was fun to look at them. And it was fun to curate them, right? To decide, like, which one of these is the best photo to put in the Disney World, you know, two-page fold. You need a blessed vessel. And what I'm saying is that, like, in a way that certainly marks me as a weirdo and may, if I'm persuasive, mark you as a weirdo, Mm -hmm. spreadsheets are really good as a blessed vessel. Um, And that could be for something dumb like flashlights. Is this something that I could talk about briefly? I would love to hear this. Yes, please continue. How did I know what my kid was for Halloween in 2014? Yeah, how did you know that? That's a really good question, Dan. I'm glad you asked because I have a Google Sheet called Halloween Costumes. And something I started like a real long time ago, probably around age like six, seven, eight, I don't know, is I would write down three columns. One column is the year. One column is the kid's age. And the next column is what the kid was for Halloween. Yeah, FUFA. Huh, it was Fufa that year. Um, or do you remember that show? Yeah. What was that called? Yo Gabba Gabba? Yo Gabba Gabba. Oh, God, that was such a funny show. Um, I love that guy. Um, the My mother-in-law was on that show. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. He would do I forget the guy's drawing. name, but I love the guy who was the host of that show. But, but like, that's a blessed vessel. And now, and now over time, that's expanded a little bit. And I could, if I wanted to, put in photos. But, you know, the blessed vessel for photos is the Photos app honestly, or, mm-hmm. you know, Google Photos. Mm-hmm. That's where photos go. I could do all of that. And I'll give you some examples in a sec where I have put photos in a spreadsheet. But a really good blessed vessel is I want to remember what my kid was for Halloween each year. Do I need to put the kid's age there? No, I don't. I don't need to do any of this. But that's the vessel I blessed. And that's where that goes. And every, I don't know how many more of these we'll get, but like I have no trouble now being able to look it up and know like this is the year my kid was Wolverine or like, you know, her, like I said, those two years of Hermione, oh, Ladybug Girl from that wonderful uh, comic or mm-hmm. um, wonderful book. Um, Taco from The Adventure Zone. That was mm-hmm. a really good one. Taco mm-hmm. from TV. Um, that's a pretty trivial example. And, and then I got a column right here. I was able to add another column. I said this year my kid was Benny the Astronaut and Dr. Alan Grant, right? Maybe sound a little silly, but let's let's think about some other similar-ish examples of why this is a good blessed vessel. Uh, I'm going to get to some actually pretty useful nerdy ones in a second. But what what? How do we benefit from what a spreadsheet is good at? There's something I had banging around in my head a long time ago. Like Dan, you know how I am with my word for this that I have come up with. I call mm-hmm. these chron analogies. I call it a cron analogy, which is a little clunky. But you know how I'm forever doing that thing of like the time from the Beatles to missing persons is the same as the amount of time from missing persons till now. Those things where you take a block of time and like it can be really funny and really upsetting, but it's it's always interesting to, you know what I mean? To like be able to put things alongside each other and go, it's been longer since this than blah, 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 blah. Well, I used to do that all the time with my family. And one specific day I found myself wondering, um... I wonder how old, so my kid is a certain age today. Mm-hmm. I wonder how, I wonder what date it was when I was that age. You follow? Yeah. So you're trying to say like when, when I was 12, what year was that? What was going on in the world at that yeah. time? What was like it, the number one album yeah. on the charts? I mean, would it, so n- nobody else cares about this, but me, but I do care. I can tell you with certainty that right now my kid, the age that my kid is today Mm. is exactly the age that I was on December 1st, 1981. Mm. I did this for my whole family and it was real easy. I got three columns. I got a column called who I got a column called date, which is date of birth. And then I got a calculation, which is how many days old are they? You know, which is just what equals, you know, date minus this other date. And it's been really gratifying. So, like, I can know, for example, that, you know, I'm always talking about my beloved mother-in-law who passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, My kid today is the age that my, uh, that that Polly, my mother-in-law, was on December 19th, 1944. So that's the thing I could say to my kid. Pretty interesting. But you, so this is just in a regular spreadsheet that you're toting around yeah. on it. I mean, it was, I mean, there, there's two parts to it. There's the one part, which is just the straight, like, who's the person, what day were they born, how many days old. And then I just made another one that's just simple, like drag and drop calculations mm. for basically the three, you know, the three members of our household. So, like, I'm the age my mom was on October 29th, 1990. Now, you don't need that, but I like that. I think it's fascinating to be able to do that 
because this is an old guy thing to think about like how time changes. You may have something like this. You know who I mean? One of these four who really liked it was John Roderick. The ability to go in and show what things happened at different times. That's, this is another just fairly trivial example. What I, what I want to get at is that this is a blessed vessel. It's not your blessed vessel, but it's mine, and I like it. But I want to, like in a way that Apple does not, I want to get you excited about this idea of blessing more vessels and considering spreadsheets for some of them. Um, so that's maybe kind of a silly one. And yes, I have some very, very weird ones. I, I do like look at, for example, portable phone chargers. Right. Portable phone chargers. Like I know what the MAH is, rated life, like the whole nine for all my different phone chargers. And when I get a new one, I compare it to the old ones and I see if there was any improvement. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I hate, I hate to make this practical, Dan, but I can tell you for all Apple Watches for all phones for mm-hmm. all Macs mm-hmm. in my life, large including Macs. my family's life. L- large Macs. Uh-huh. <laughs> bon 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 bon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sound crispy, Al. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry to be practical here, but like for for pretty much any Apple device in my life, I can tell you when it was purchased, and, and you can do this with stuff like there's that really cool. Uh, I think it needs an update. There's that Mac um, app where you can do this, but I, I do this in a spreadsheet. I know the the Mac, and I update this whenever it gets passed around. Somebody gets a new one, right? One gets passed to another person, like right. Watches, phones, Macs, uh, real dumb stuff like when it was purchased, when the warranty expired, what is the serial number, like. When was it purchased? All that kind of stuff, which is so much more useful with what the UUID is. Like this stuff that is so much more useful once a year than you realize. It's to have that stuff in a place. Now, that's not that interesting or personal, mm. but but I've found that to be really useful. And again, I'm not saying that you need to go do that, but I'm saying you need to bless a vessel. Here's one. I've got more than one. I've got, I've, over time, I've had many different 2FA devices. Um, two-factor authentication yeah. devices, yeah, and and in, and and unless you've uh, dived pretty deep into this, this you're going to wonder why in the hell would you need that? I'll tell you why you need that because guess what? Let's just let's start with something real simple. Let's say, and everybody knows what I'm talking about here, right? There, there's ways to do two FA where you could do it with a code sent to your by a SMS. Please don't. Oh, could we all just stop doing that? Another way that's really cool is like something like One Password or Authy or Google Authenticator can generate a one-time, you know, six-digit code for you to use for two-factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also have those little donguses. Uh, little donguses, little dongus. I love that boy. Sometimes, <laughs> and, and here we're talking about something that's usually Let's talk like, about something important. It's like a keychain, right? So if you've ever seen one of these, what's the company that makes all of these? YubiKey. Like you, you get one that has a lightning connector, right? So you could plug it into your Mac, or sorry, plug it into your iPhone if you need to do authentication. There are some that are USB C, so you could plug it into your iPad or your Mac. There are some that use NFC. Right? Mm. And so, wouldn't it be kind of good to know, like, which ones of those you have? Like, why, why would you need to know that? You, you got three of those. Why would you need to know which one's USB-C? Because guess what? You have to do the heavy lifting of loading up your creds on each one of those. Do you know to a certainty which one of these that you have in your bag right now has Dropbox and GitHub and Google and whatever on it? Right? 
And I was able to do that. I was able to do that with all these different devices, put all that stuff in there, know what's where, and even drop in a tiny little photo in a cell size that resizes so that I can instantly know, you know, which is which. Anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't carry on. I want to just suggest a blessing of vessel because spreadsheets are really good. And, and now, now, now here's the part, as you say, Dan, this is the functional component because we need to wrap. Mm. Can I, can I say three things that might get people more excited about Google Sheets? Yes, I would like to hear three things that would get do people more Do you do anything excited. like this, Dan, that's interesting or fun? Because I imagine you know, you're, you're a seasoned technologist. You do things with sheets and between the sheets. Mm. And do you, do you, do you, have you found uh, spreadsheets or similar to be something that's useful as a blessed vessel? Yeah, actually, I think so. I don't think I use it anywhere near the degree that you do. My big thing is kind of because you're healthy. Well, no, I don't know about that, but I definitely use them, and I use them in weird ways. And a lot of the time, I'm I find, and it's funny that you mentioned this today of all days because I was thinking this morning about how I wanted to sort of quantify like something is going on in my life in order to mm -hmm. help make narrow down a choice that I need to make that kind of oh, thing. Oh, there's so many templates for that in Google Sheets. Okay, so t tell pretty me much what anything some of those like are. SWOT, you could do SWOT analysis. Some of them are really ugly and stupid and douchey, but like it, almost any of the classic techniques for things like that. Mm. I mean, obviously pros and cons. I think SWOT analysis is a, is a popular one. What were some of the other ones? Um, those all exist out there, but like, you know, it kind of does start with with the blessing which is you saying, well, I've decided this is a little project I'm going to work on, so I'm going to create this document, and I'm going to name it, and I might even give myself a reminder to look at it in a week and make sure I'm updating it and populating it. Mm -hmm. You know, Because, I mean, uh, uh, to state the obvious, think about a spreadsheet. is like once it's in there, you can do freaking anything with it. When I get paid for stuff, I keep track of that in one spreadsheet with four different sheets in it. And all that stuff can be munged together in ways that we don't have time to get into, but there's ways... There's there are ways, ways to mind all, yeah. but there you need ways. to put it. You need to put it somewhere. You want a toe? I can get you a toe <laughs> with nail polish. Um, and so you think you'll do that in Google Sheets? Give it a spin. Well, yeah, and I, that's the other thing I want to ask you is Google Sheets seems to be like are people still centered on using Excel nowadays? I think so. I mean, is it because they don't know Google Sheets exists? No, I mean. I, it's always interesting, well, to me anyway, it's always interesting to look at, ask that question to somebody like you or me, and then ask that to somebody like my kid. Um, and, you know, I think one of the beneficial things one can choose to do as one gets older is to make affirmative, explicit um, attempts to stop assuming everybody has the same life that you do. So for me, I would go like, oh, Excel, like it's really complicated, but it does things. And, but if you want to do pivot charts, you really got to do Excel, you know, but like, and now today, if we're just talking spreadsheets writ large, uh, I think it probably depends on what you're, in my case, it's like, this is what my kid's school uses. Like my kid uses, when my kid has an assignment to make a website, they do that in a Google site mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just, I like Google Docs and Google Sheets because it's pretty idiot proof. Mm -hmm. I like numbers and numbers is fine for opening something locally. If it's a CSV or similar, I'll sometimes open that in a text file, like especially in BB edit to munch some stuff around. But, um, I mean, now, I mean, there's, there's so much that you can do, obviously including stuff like pivot tables in, um, Google sheets. And I don't know, I kind of feel like the, the second semester of sophomore year, when you're doing spreadsheets is stuff like pivot tables where somebody's going to show you this thing. that's going to go, 
Or maybe it's like taking, I guess, maybe like calculus or physics. Like you take this thing and you go, oh, I see what we've been building up to now. (laughs) You're telling me that if all that data is in there and normalized, that I can look at it almost any way that I want. I can like, without altering, and this is something a lot of people I think may not realize, is you don't have to alter your original data. There's all kinds of ways to filter or to hide. I probably drive you and Moises crazy with the way that I'm constantly hiding rows because in our like sponsor sheets, Mm. because I always set that up to like, don't show me stuff from a year ago. Only show me like, you know, I, that's all stuff that you can do. All you want to see. It's all you care about. Well, but it's also, it's all stuff that, I mean, like, for example, we have something like six or 800 challenges in our challenge spreadsheet for due by Friday. And I finally, this is such a hack, but I finally sat down one day and figured out what the trick is to be able to scroll to the last cell in, a, in an 800-row sheet, how do I scroll to the last row that's not empty? And it's a little bit of trickery, but I made a little button. And you can click it, and it's real ham-fisted, but it takes you down to the... That's quality of life, man. I don't want to have to scroll 800 rows twice a week. That's bananas. Um, and if you, if, you, if you don't know what pivot tables are, I suggest looking into it, because it's great. And we need to bounce, so I'm going to give you my three quickies real, real okay, quick. Okay, hit me with the three quickies. Way off the dome, three things that are amazing. One is, um, and this is by, oh, Christian, German last name I can never pronounce. There's a really cool, this is not strictly related to Google Sheets, but if you like Markdown, re- learn about this thing called Table Flip. Buy it. It's great. Table Flip is a Mac app that can open up any whatever text or for me .md file. Mm. And if it's got a table in it, you get an Excel or Sheets like editor for tables in a Markdown document, right? So, and you can have a whole bunch. You can have like a whole bunch of tables in there and it'll help you deal with each one of those, do very, the kind of basic formatting that a basic Markdown table can do. But if you just need to make stuff look pretty for Markdown and perhaps best of all, if you've ever done anything with Markdown tables, such a huge thing. Every time you save it in table flip, yeah, of course it saves it in your markdown document, but it also cleans up the code. So you don't get extraneous lines and stuff like that. If you just are doing, you know, kind of basics of that's often where a lot of stuff will begin for me, where I just want to make something kind of pretty to start. I'll often do that with table flip. Um, there's so much oh boy, get ready for me to say something mean. You know what's really good <clears throat> about writing documentation for their product? Google. really (laughs) they're real good about this i've heard so like you know like if you want to do a a, a simple caveman way to do a calculation in google sheets is to click in a cell and if you want to find out what the product of three and two is right you type an equal sign you type three you type an x which is technically not the multiplication symbol but that's okay or or an asterisk and then a two and hit enter and now that cell says six like that's cool right like that's neat, but like that's not p- powerful. What's powerful is the product of column um, A, row two, and column B, row two. And then you drag that and it fills it in for, right? You know what I'm saying? Like the first time you learn that drag feature for yeah. like fill in all yeah. of these yeah. similarly. It's like, whoa, um, that's magic. So magic. But what we're talking about here is formulas. All the formulas are very well documented and they're so well documented that like, it'll show you like, Hey, if you just went to look up this thing, if you just went to look up, you know, average, uh, median mode, whatever it is, all the basic stuff that you would look up. Um, 
It'll show, oh, you might also want to check this out. I want to remind you of one that you might have forgotten about since the early days of Google Sheets. I want to remind you all about import HTML. So in the same way that I can, so like, I need to go do this to make sure I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. If I type equals mode and then parentheses these, that will, so if I say equals mode and then in parentheses this column, it'll show me the thing that, the number that appeared the most, right? And that's what a formula is. Anything, the thing that starts after the equal sign, and then it takes attributes after that. Do you know about import HTML? Or do you remember import HTML? I do HTML? not remember this. Um, you can type, let me get the exact, um, it's in show notes. I've already put it in show notes. You can import HTML one word. So you say equals import HTML. Long story short, anything that's like a, a table on Wikipedia or on any public page, you identify basically what page and then what order, like if there's three tables on a page, you say, go to this page, take the contents of the second table on that page and include it in my document. Did you know you can do that? I did not know that. Um, let me find this in notes. Um, an example one. Um, do, you, do, you, do, you have, do you have Google uh, Sheets open in front of you? I do. Okay, here's a quickie. Type, just, just do equals and then paste this in. It's not very pretty or interesting, but it'll give you the idea. So what I sent Dan is import HTML, and then the two attributes, or whatever you call it, are what is the web page? It's a table that I want. Identify the kind of thing, and then I want the fourth table on that page. Whoa, and then, that's really cool. Imagine total, you're doing... <laughs> a total fertility rate in India. I know. But imagine you're doing like a quick presentation for somebody, and like... And you, you know, I mean, most of these things are smart, like they're computers. You could grab the contents of a table. I do this all the time. Like when I used to send things manually, pull stuff out of PodTrack to send people stats on. Like you can just grab a table, and once you get good at knowing where to grab, you can usually paste that straight into a spreadsheet and it'll work. But isn't that kind of neat to know that you can do that? If you were doing something, like That's if you're Todd cool. and you wanted to show some kind of historical Academy Award thing, you could do that. And then that gets updated. When In the future, when that thing gets updated, your table gets updated too. That's pretty cool. Oh, really? So it's like constantly polling. It. I think How so. Can you control I it? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have to go read up on it, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Final one. And this is, this is, you could do this right now, and it's so neat. If you're like me and like my world consists of so many spreadsheets of usually, I don't know, three, five, seven, sometimes more columns, and then a bunch of rows. Um, and I know you know about this, but I want to remind you about this, Dan. Um, explore. So if you're in a good spreadsheet that's got a lot of, open up some spreadsheet of yours that's got a bunch of data that you know is not screwed up. Halloween Customs is probably not the best one. Um, let's open up something like... Oh, I could do my... Um, this is this is actually most useful for, for very large... I don't know if you're using the right term, data sets, if you've got a lot of rows. But notice that down in that in the lower right-hand corner, you'll see that little, like, starburst inside of a little call-out. And when you mouse over, it says Explore. And you could say Open Explore. Mm. And what that'll do is that'll run through your document. At the very least, it'll run through your document and say, like, oh, do you want to know what the average of this column is? Do you want to know what the most company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? as well as caveman stuff like formatting, make pretty formatting for my table like this, but you can also ask it questions. There's ways to go in and ask it questions. Start making a point if you've got a lot of data in a spreadsheet, more than just five flashlights. Mm -hmm. hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, make a point of starting to tap on Explore. I want to get you guys excited about spreadsheets, but I also really want to get you excited about Blessing a Vessel. That should be the title. I think Blessed Vessel. Blessed Vessel. I don't, I got Blessed Vessel. Yeah. Hmm. Say it soft and it's almost like praying. <laughs> Maria. All right. Well, <laughs> that's, that's Vessels. Yeah. Apple man, I love you guys. Put out some documentation. Google, thank you for your documentation and your service. And um, think about a, a vessel you can bless. Is this probably the episode where we've said the word vessel and blessed we the have most never times? Said it. Yeah, we've never said it more. I might do times. a supercut. I'll do a supercut for you in uh, <laughs> good in uh, Descript. Awesome. But that that's what I have for you today. All right. Well, I, I love it. Thank you. Um, good luck with your decision making. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Yeah, I love stuff like that. You know, and some something maybe we'll talk about stuff as well. Like we could talk. In, I know some people love Notion. I've had a lot of good results with. Oh, what's the one I like? The other one that's like this. That's the online one that everybody uses. Crap, crap, crap. But there's a, there's a bunch of these out there. But it doesn't need to be complicated. Doesn't need to be adorned. Just get your data in there and then find find some patterns in your blessed vessel. Hmm. Okay, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man.